Hi everyone, this is Jules, your host of the All Things Eisen podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. Because I am very much in the holiday spirit, I am dedicating the next two episodes, so this one included, to Christmas-related content in Iceland. Today, I have a very special guest that has been on the show before, and that is Olaver S.K. Thorvalds, also known as Ole, the brewmaster at Ayer Brukhus. Icelandic Christmas beer has quickly become an important part of the holiday season for brewers in Iceland and for those who enjoy drinking the beers, such as myself. Because of this, I thought it would be fun to have Ole pick his top five favorite Icelandic Christmas beers from craft breweries for this episode. To be fair, he picked four beers and was nice enough to let me include my favorite one. Uh, Full disclaimer, my favorite one is not from a craft brewery by Icelandic standards. But as Ole points out in the episode, all of the breweries in Iceland would be considered craft breweries if you compare them to the U.S. or other countries with much larger consumption. We did this Icelandic Christmas beer tasting virtually, and we're both tasting the beers and talking about what they tasted like to each of us. If you want to see the video of that, I have embedded it in the show notes of this episode. I will also have more information about the beers in the show notes too. If you like to try beers, I definitely recommend coming to Iceland during the Christmas season. The amount of variety on offer is quite a lot for such a small country. And I enjoy every year seeing the different types of new Christmas beers that come out. But of course... I've got my favorite, and you'll learn which one that is in this episode. If you're enjoying the All Things Eisen podcast, please leave a review if you haven't already. I recently just got a review page, so it makes it super easy for you to leave a review if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Stitcher, and CastBox. The link to that review page is in the show notes of this episode. If you happen to be using another platform that I didn't mention and it allows for reviews, please leave one there. Your review helps others to find the podcast so they can also learn about this amazing place. Ole, the brewmaster. Thank you for joining me today. No problem. I'm excited about this for many, many reasons. The top one is that I get to drink alcohol, <laughs> specifically Christmas beers. Uh, and then on top of that, we're doing specifically craft beers, which I think is nice. And really a growing part of Icelandic culture in terms of you know beer. And for me, people don't know, beer was illegal in Iceland until March 1st, 1989. <laughs> so, uh, and Oli and I did a podcast actually about the history of beer a while ago, I think it was more than a year ago. So I'll put a link to that, you know, for people to check it out, uh, to hear that podcast, because it's not a video part of it. But I thank you, Ole, for picking out the beers that we're going to try today. One of them, to be fair, I picked, because I really wanted to include it on the list. But yeah, thanks for coming, and I'm, I'm excited. Are you excited about this? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I've actually been doing a few... Um, been doing a few kind of live um, beer tasting with uh, companies recently, so I'm 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 kind of getting used to this <laughs> being being <laughs> being absent from from people. 
<laughs> okay. So you're you're interacting in a different way. Yeah, yeah. With a, yeah. Awesome. Without and doubt. one thing I want to point out for people who are not aware as well, that Icelandic Christmas beers are only available. This year was a little early, but normally they're only available from yeah. like November 15th until January 6th or something like that. Like yeah. It's a short time. Yeah. Usually, um, Usually they've started uh, the sales of the Christmas beers uh, two weeks earlier in the duty free store and in the okay. bars. Uh, but they decided this year, and I think it was more to help the breweries more than anything else, just to extend the sales period. So everything started on the fifth, the duty free store, the bars, and and mm-hmm. the uh, and the sales in the state alcohol stores. So uh, we got those. We we got that kind of grace period <laughs> in a way of, of, of those extra 10 days, which was fine because um, actually I think everything that I sent in was sold out within the first two days. Whoa. Yeah. That's so I, amazing. I, uh, I sent in um, quite a lot actually in the beginning. And after the first day, I think at three or three o'clock, I got an email from them asking me if I had more to deliver like now because they were basically selling out of it. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. I mean, I look forward to this time of the year and I know there are many other people that do as well. And Ole is the brewmaster of Ayer Brukhus for those who are, are um, would like to visit in the future. Like you have done events and different things when people were allowed to be in person. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. um, I recommend that. And also really random facts we got married in that event space that you guys have there. So behind you, you can kind of see like the background that Ole's in. That was a part of our, our me and Gunnar's wedding. So, <laughs> and we had a great time. And we, and we had like the barrels of beer and stuff like that as part of the party. It was great. So yeah, I think uh, maybe we should get started with the yeah. Atlantic Christmas beers. I haven't had any Christmas beer yet. I've been holding out really? for this episode. Yeah, I know. I know. I was just like, it's time for me to catch up. <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's been a month so i, I know i know i've been i've had a lot of willpower in this particular yeah month. i call that i call that brave yeah i'm able to go through this period without without tasting any of them yeah so what um beer should we start with then so we're gonna go from uh light to light to dark Basically, just so the palate doesn't get kind of overflowed with 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 heavy flavors right right in the beginning. Um, now, the Christmas beers to begin with in in Iceland, they were all kind of very very much a different version of the uh, Tuborg Christmas beer. So these kind of uh, amber Vienna style lagers with like added licorice and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, they were very monotonous, like. Um, during the first years of this being a tradition here. Um, so they've slowly and gradually moved it up in such a way that us, the brewers, are getting bored of making the same types of beers and just calling them Christmas beers because they have this kind of specific look and feel. Yeah. So a lot of the Christmas beers now are straying away from that, which is definitely what the first beer is. This one is uh, called Yoli Bayo. Uh, this is from a small brewery. Uh, this would be classed as a nano brewery, basically anywhere else yeah. in the world except for in Iceland. Um, they're actually a gypsy brewery, and they brew everything here. Okay. At, at my my brewery, um, and uh, all of their names 
So they're mm-hmm. they're situated in Karlabær, um, mm-hmm. and all of their names have some kind of reference to daily life there. They have a, yeah, okay. a reference to like a theme or, or or style or a person or a place. And this one is a reference to a guy called Yowe, uh, who's called Yowe Bayo. He's like um, he works for the um, what would you call it? Um, well, he, yeah, he basically works for the town. He's, he's he's a guy who you know he he hangs up the Christmas lights. He, ah, okay. he you know he 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 basically does every, everything kind of for for the town, everything that needs to be done. Yeah. So this is but this the is a reference man of the town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So this beer is an homage to him, and nice. this is this is a session IPA. Okay. Uh, so 4.7% if I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll put more. all of the, um, you know, different details in the yeah. description box or, or show notes so people can check them out. Smells nice. Yeah. And I have like, I was like, is it appropriate for me to use these glasses? <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not a glass snob, but, but, um, okay. I think I think anywhere else in the world that would be classed as, as as a glass for port wine. I think. I know exactly. I was like, but these look cute, so that's yeah. why I just think about. Also, so meaning that, yeah, yeah, meaning that when you get to beer number five, you're 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 not drunk already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is, um, I mean, IPAs for those who are not too familiar with different types of beer styles. IPAs are um, generally very hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite bitter usually, uh, immensely full of aroma and uh, flavors off, off the hops themselves. Session IPAs are basically beers that are under 5%, so IPAs that are under 5, 5%, meaning that you can usually drink more than one in a session. So you can okay. dr- you can drink like two or three without getting absolutely wasted. Yeah. Re- regular IPAs are usually more more in and around seven percent or so. Okay. So this Scout. is very uh, Scout. Yeah, it's it's not as hoppy as a regular IPA either. I mean, is that like um? This doesn't taste that way to me. No. It's very, it's very kind of easy, e- easy to drink. Um. It's very. Uh, um, now the way, uh, the reason why it's so hazy as as it is, is that um, basically it's uh, there's quite a lot of wheat and and oats in it, mm-hmm. um, which gives it a much more protein along with a lot of dry hopping, and the hop oils will actually give you that. Um, uh, that haziness into the yeah beer. okay i'm wondering if yoe if he they made it because this is like the flavors that he likes or there's just like uh, this is just it, you know? maybe it's because he's a very bitter man I don't know. yeah <laughs> but not too bitter no exactly. yeah. <laughs> um I, I do like though that it's it's very fresh. It kind of has like even though it's a Christmas beer, it kind of reminds me more of like a summer beer to be honest. Like with the lightness, and then also, it finishes really clean. Like I don't have this, 
you know, and back of my mouth when you drink an IPA and it's so bitter and you're just kind of like, oh God, it's just kind of sitting back there. I don't have that, which is nice because I'm not like the biggest IPA drinker. I can appreciate them, but to, right, as I continue to drink them, that same taste is built. And so I'm glad that this is a lot more cleaner. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that, uh, like these, these types of IPAs won't, won't leave you with a massive heartburn after the, after the evening. Mm-hmm. Get your, get your, get your assets going. Yeah, I so appreciate it, that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm I'm actually quite um, happy with this kind of um, movement that's been ha- happening with with the Christmas beers moving away from being too, um, like I said, mon- monotonous and uh, very, yeah, very. Over Same. and over again, a- yeah. A- ambery, ambery lagers. Yeah, I mean, there's a place for them for sure, but it shouldn't be that's the only yeah. thing that marks Christmas. I agree with you. So, but I mean, okay. that that is what a lot of people still kind of relate to uh, relate to Christmas time because I mean, even in even in Iceland, I think now for this year, the sales have of course gone through the roof because everyone mm-hmm. is just drinking at home. Uh, and, <laughs> and the uh, not Tuborg, <laughs> and the Tuborg um, Christmas beer. I think they've they have up until this point they've manufactured and sold out more than one million liters, which wow. is insane for a market yeah. the size of Iceland. Yeah, and that is a Danish beer, is that right? Tuborg originally, yeah, 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 but they. They're so big now that, that what they do is they um, contract their beers out. So they designate their recipes to certain factories. So Ölgerðin okay. in, in Iceland, they manufacture um, all of the Tuborg beers. Oh, I didn't So know. the okay. Tuborg beers in Iceland, they're actually made in Iceland under license from Tuborg in Denmark. Okay. Does it taste any different? Because like, you know, water yeah. and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Massively, okay. massively different. Yeah. I think the, I think the one in Iceland is quite a lot better than the one in uh, Denmark. I you guys say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's also because um, a lot of the bigger breweries have moved away from mashing in and doing um, mm. like uh, full grain beers. They're, they're doing a lot of the bigger batches in, uh, syrups basically so it's like a mix and match Uh, basically so they tend to be uh you can taste the alcohol a lot lot more in in those types of beers Uh, i mean that's what that's what a lot of them do in the u.s as well i mean um i think miller and budweiser at least and and coors and you know all of those kind of stable american lagers none of them are actually made from mashing in anymore they're all just syrup beers and I mean, that's what that's what mass production means as well. Is because you've um, uh, you're having to make such a massive amount of beer, and it's always supposed to taste the same, right? And uh, you don't want that kind of uh, changes in uh, sugar content in the grain and all, all of that kind of stuff. Different, yeah. different. Um, so you don't want seasonal changes in in your. Um, produce you want your produce yeah to you want all, to be like always the same yeah exactly you always know what same. to expect in essence yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i mean that's the beauty of smaller breweries craft for craft beers 
And also like the experimentation, like the change I think is what's exciting because yeah. I've never been, you know, when I first tried beer, when it was like a Miller or Budweiser, which people will drink them. I have nothing against people drinking them. That's their business. But it just, for me, I was like, what is, what is this? Like, it wasn't, I didn't get why people liked beer until I tried, like, I think it was beer, like a Trappist monk <laughs> beer or something, you know? Yeah, like, uh, and, and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Now I understand like there, there can be complexities and like different types of really delicious flavors. So. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Awesome. Okay. So are we moving on? Yeah, are, you, are you still, cause I have my, my little glass didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I need to, um, I need to drive home after this. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'll just be, <laughs> yeah, I'll just be doing zips basically. Okay. Um, Next one we're going to be doing, this is actually one of my beers. Uh, we did three different Christmas beers this year. This is one of the ones that we that, that we made. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. which means um, not a very Christmassy Christmas. Yeah. And as you and can like see... And like almost direct translation is like nothing special Christmassy Christmas or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's got Santa Claus in a lounge chair on a oh, on a beach. That <laughs> makes sense now, because I was like, "Who is this random character?" Not that it, you know, but now, yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> and I'll have like close-ups of the, all the beer cans yeah, so people can okay. see what this looks like. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I and I went as far away from the traditional standardized uh, Christmas beers as I possibly could. So, um, I did a lime IPA. So this is a 5.2%, uh, kind of standardized IPA, uh, kind of like an American IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you really smell right. lime too. Yeah. And then I just basically <laughs> added shit loads of lime, lime juice in it. <laughs> okay. So it's like, woo, yeah, <laughs> definitely smell that. But it's uh, you can and smell also the, the lime hops, in there. Like yeah, you can smell a lot of like the hops, the lime. It is a very like um, I like lime flavor, so that's helpful. Yeah. But it is one of those things like as soon as your nose comes a little bit close, it's like yes, it is in there. So you. <laughs> and I I um I think it that's well. that's what a lot of the people in the craft industry do as well is that we try to use um you know, all natural ingredients. So I, I don't use essences or anything like that. This li- literally, it has, uh, I think, yeah, it's 50 liters of lime, lime juice wow. in this actual beer. Yeah. Awesome. It's, girl, I, I keep like t- trying a little bit before I say scowl. I'm like a terrible, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I like the citriness, citriness yeah. of it. I did. Uh, this is the second batch that went out, and I I decreased the lime a little bit the second time around because it it just became it became a very overpowering part of the flavor profile. So I thought, yeah, let's decrease this a little bit and kind of let the hops uh, rise above. Yeah. So it, and they do. You know. Yeah, it becomes a part of the beer, but not the beer itself. Right, exactly. Like the no way. for me, the 
the part I talked about regarding the IPA that stays in the back of your throat, that part is there. And then the, but I taste lime first and then it finishes with this like hoppy, bitter flavor in the back, you know? But then I get like, sometimes when I swallow again and I haven't had another sip, I still taste a hint of lime. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's yeah, almost like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You get that kind of um, flavor as you would from kind of like the zest more than anything. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what 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 hits you right there at the at the end. Bitterness from the zest and the and the white white parts of the of the fruit. Mm-hmm. So it, it, oh. it almost hits really me like when it. I have guacamole. <laughs> That's what I feel. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, go it's, really uh, well with it. Because it's Christmas, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Christmas taco night. This this will be this will <laughs> definitely be. <laughs> this will be the thing thing to drink with with a uh, half naked santa sunburned half naked sunburned santa on a bahama yeah. beach That'd be... i mean it literally says on the bottle drink on the beach yep. so instructions given in in iceland there are plenty of beaches i don't know if you necessarily you know you won't be in your shorts Maybe not this time of year, but you could still take it to the beach and drink it if you want. Yeah, you probably, <laughs> especially now, you'd probably freeze your ass off. But um, yeah, it's really cold today. <laughs> like extremely, extremely cold. Uh, and the wind wind chill factor isn't isn't helping either. No. So at um, Ayer Brukus, yeah. what do you do? Like, how many ranges of beers do you do? Is it like um, does it change often or something? Yeah, I mean, I have uh, we have the seasonal products that we just make with it. I mean, the seasons are split up, and I think it's more been done recently. It's made more, it's been made more easily accessible, uh, and it's a way for the smaller breweries to get in with a bigger distribution than than if you go through just like the regular channels and try to get your beers in all year round. Mm-hmm. Then it's based on like a merit system. So basically, uh, the more you sell, the more you get distributed. Yeah. Okay. So as your sales increase, you'll you'll get moved into more stores. But the seasonal beers get get moved into a higher distribution bracket, like right right off the start. So which is why we have uh, the seasons are Thorre, which is the one in January, mm-hmm. from January until mid February. Uh, then you have Easter. Uh, and summer, yeah, and then you have the Oktoberfest beers, mm. and then the Christmas beers. Nice. So, so are you we. Doing a... Sorry, again. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have the. Uh, I have like usually two or three beers within each season, and then okay. I have four. And then I have four beers in in like uh, year round sales. All right. You know, it's funny. I never thought of Torre. Like, I don't go to the Vien Buden that much, but I didn't think of a Torre as, like, the season where people were putting out special beers for it, but it totally makes sense. Yeah. And so I'm going to be looking out for that. And and for people who are not aware, Torre is a month on the Old Norse calendar. Yeah. Something like yeah. That. yeah. And basically, it's, you know, nothing else is happening. <laughs> and I was like, it's, uh, it's during that time, but like it's basically, it's basically the month where you um, we have a saying, a threya thorran, which means basically to to get through the month of yeah. of thorre. It, and it's it it stems from the fact that it's 
the coldest time of year. It's the darkest time of year. Um, there's no access to any, especially in those days, there would have been no access to any fresh food. So people were just eating what they have, anything that was smoked and cured and, and soured and stuff like that. So people were eating like, uh, um, you know, livers and kidneys and stomachs and soured testicles and, yeah. uh, you know, all kinds of weird shit. Sheep um, head. Yeah. Sheep head <laughs> and, and basically anything off the sheep that, that, that they hadn't finished throughout the rest of the year. Because uh, at the end of February is usually when the first lambs are, are being born. So the end of the month, Thorri, is the time when you start getting access to fresh meat again, which is why it said, you know, let's get through this fucking month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, eat, let's eat what we have and we'll get through this month. And then after that, we can start uh, getting access to fresh meat again. Yeah. Which now has become a tradition because in modern times, it's not dire in terms of no food. it's definitely definitely not dire yeah so now iceland it's is, a tradition yeah iceland is very much a, um it's very much a kind of top tier western western culture now mm-hmm. we we were shit poor until the second world war <laughs> yep and yeah. american influence and a lot of different things i mean a yeah, lot of, yeah. a lot happened from a different countries and nato and all that but uh, and bringing of hamburgers and pizzas. Thanks for that, American soldiers. But now people have, they go to Torre, Torreplo, which are like, I'm not saying it correctly in the um, plural form, but Torreplo is a celebration or a festival in which you're eating these food that their your ancestors yeah. used to have and of course we, it makes sense to have some alcohol with that because it's a whole lot of strange stuff that shows up usually <laughs> the alcohol that's being drunk with that is uh brandivine which is like an uh, it's just like a cumin schnapps and yeah. that thing tastes like death yeah so you can imagine drinking something that <laughs> tastes like death to take away the flavor of what you're eating yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what you're eating is worse than, than death. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like you have to wash it down with death. <laughs> so, and it used to be called Black Death, so appropriately. <laughs> yeah, when it was when it was rebranded to be sold abroad, they 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 Does called it, it Black Death. <laughs> like, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell you something named after a plague. <laughs> yeah, and people were like, I want that. <laughs> it's authentic. <Yeah. laughs> so okay, <laughs> let's yeah. move on to the third one. Yeah. Which so, I will uh, not be having. No. Yeah. This is um, so Risala Sour. So it's a sour beer. Um, and Risala is basically a reference to Risalamant, which is something that uh, it's like a, um, it's like a rice porridge. It's like a sweet rice porridge that you eat around Christmas time. I think it's, I mean, originally French, but it comes to Iceland from. Denmark, and you put a single um, put a single nut into it, and then the whole family eats it. And the one that gets the nut uh, gets like a special present. Yeah. So I, uh, I have a, a Christmas traditions episode coming up where I show this in there. So when people are like, if they visually can't think of it, what I'm talking about right now, they can keep a lookout for that. Yeah. So. Uh, this basically has kind of all the ingredients of of that. So it's got like uh, lactic sugar, uh, vanilla, uh, 
cherries because it usually comes with with like a cherry sauce mm. um and and yeah sour yeah i would really like to try this i'm gonna keep drinking yours the lime okay um that's good to me but <laughs> but the reason why i'm not trying it is that it has lactose in it and for first and foremost i'm lactose intolerant so i do not want stomach troubles and also i'm vegan and so i wouldn't you know if i if i hadn't been lactose intolerant technically that you know would be the other reason but the first and foremost is i don't want to get sick <laughs> so <laughs> yeah you don't want to have a stomach ache <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like i can deal with a hangover but not a stomach ache. <laughs> so you're you're getting the cherry color in here uh and I preferably would have wanted this to be hazy. I would have wanted this to be very, um, very kind of full and uh, hazy because that would remind me more of rice rice pudding. But yeah. um, it's it's quite it's quite clear actually. Yeah. But um, yeah, but basically, what this tastes like. It tastes like the sauce that you put on top. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So nice. that then you get that hint of vanilla afterwards, but it's very, very close to just being like the sauce that you put on top. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. It's a nice beer. It's from uh, it's from Smidian. Mm-hmm. And Smidian is on the south coast. It's in Vik. That's where all the tourists go to watch the black sand beaches and try to kill themselves. For the sneaker wave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can guarantee you there's at yeah. least one person who watches or listens to this and has experienced going there and thought that they had good judgment about the waves and got yeah. too close. Yeah. <laughs> and, it was like, and it's unfortunate <laughs> because that is life, meaning like you just have to be aware of certain things in Iceland. But in this particular case, like there are signs up that's like, don't get too close to the water. And people yeah. still do it and they end up getting wet or maybe even sucked out into the water. And some people have people died. Have, people have died there, yeah. Yeah. So please be cautious. One of the things that you, well, one of the, you need to heed when you come to Iceland is follow signs. Don't, mm-hmm. don't say this doesn't apply to me because that's one of the most stupid things you can do when it comes to Iceland. Because nature here is extremely unforgiving. Extremely. And on that depressing note. <laughs> <laughs> it, went from, it, went, it went sour pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It literally went, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but it is really important to say that, though, because I think a lot of people yeah. forget when they're on vacation that things can still go really wrong. Like you're having a good time, and it can very easily if you're not paying attention and, and heeding the warnings, like you said. Yeah, I mean, one of the worst things is, is if you, and this is what a lot of the, I think a lot of the car rentals should actually um, take more seriously is that people are like renting these small, small, tiny cars out to people and they're taking these things and they're driving up into the middle of the highlands. Oh, yeah. River and they're crossing? Just, river crossing is getting stuck there and, and all yeah. kinds of it's like stupid, stupid things. Yeah, true. Roads are marked four by four only for a reason. Yes, <laughs> true indeed. <laughs> yeah, slipping in a couple of you know uh, good traveling tips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> on on the time when nobody's traveling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep this for later. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, 
one of the reasons why I really wanted to bring this one in, it's called Grilla. Grilla. Grilla is the mother of the Santa Clauses. And uh, legend has, is, has it uh, is that if you're naughty, Grilla will come and collect you in her bag and take you back to her cave and eat you. That's the way they used to keep kids in check in Iceland back in back in the old days. <laughs> uh, and they've they really they uh, so this is from Ulverk, which is in Kvirgeri. Mm-hmm. It says at the bottom, this beer is brewed with geothermal uh, energy. Yeah, it's awesome. which is true because they actually they have their Kvirgeri, uh, which means um, I don't know Geyser Cove or something. <laughs> Hot hot spring fields. Yeah, uh, is uh, so the town itself is almost like built on top of hot springs, and their brewery is literally on top of one of those hot springs. So they right. they have they have their um, uh, they have their uh, hot hot water. The hot water that they used to brew is actually heated up with geothermal energy. Nice, that's awesome. Um, I was recently in Reykjadalur. Yeah. And, oh, it's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, and I did like a video, and I'll link to that video if people are curious. But that's the same area, so that it's near the town of Kvergere, the Rekidalur Valley. So if people are curious, they can kind of get an idea of what you're talking about. Did you go swimming? I did. Yeah. It was last week. Oh wow! Last <laughs> yeah, week. yeah. Anyway, so when people see this video, it will be or hear this, you know, on the podcast, it will be later, yeah, closer to Christmas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they might have already seen that video. But yeah, it was, it was literally like last week I went and it was snow and ice and it was great though. Getting into the water after getting out of the water and like maybe 10 minutes after because your body's like all warm and it's excited and like, oh, you don't, you don't feel anything. But as you're getting dressed, it slowly seeps in. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. it's cold outside. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great though. I think it was really refreshing. Yeah, no, with, without, without a doubt. These guys, this is actually the first beer that these guys release. So they okay. just bought a canning machine. So this is the first beer that they release on cans. And um, they use uh, raisins and pine and orange. Hmm. Okay. So it just says on the can, it just says Christmas beer. They don't really, don't really put it onto it what exactly it it is but judging by the flavor it's it's like an amber ale i would i would uh, just by the color that is it's like yeah. an amber ale but it's also uh, you know amber ale brown ale mm-hmm. kind of somewhere in, in between there with shitloads of uh christmas flavors yeah it's definitely giving me christmas hardcore right now <laughs> yeah, you can smell you you can smell the oranges. Mm-hmm. Um, now I haven't been able to taste the raisins though. I'm not sure. I get a little bit of the like a really little bit of this. I think I said it was uh, kanif, like um, cinnamon. Cinnamon, yeah. There. But it's like kind of just up in your nose a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, I think the flavorings in there, flavorings in there aren't aren't an overpowering thing. They're just kind of like part of the essence of the beer. Yeah, Uh, I actually quite like it. It's very, 
you know, it's 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 easy to drink. This beer though does really a lot lot remind me of. Uh, it's an ale, so it's not a lager, but it's very similar to what you know what what a typical Christmas beer is. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I agree. It's like if you. It is milder, though, like in my opinion. Like, for instance, the last one we're going to try is way more like in your face for Christmas for me, maybe because it's my yeah. favorite. <laughs> and it's like sweeter. But um, yeah, I like it, though. Yeah, I think it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's a good Very... one to like sit and chat and, you know, like you don't feel like yeah. it's really interfering with anything. Like, I don't, I'm not having you like stuff stay in the back of my throat or anything. It's just kind of chilling out drinking talking type yeah. of beer it's very it's a very kind of uh what you would call a sessionable beer mm-hmm. you know you could just you could just crush a couple of cans of that and yeah it's true it's it won't, 5.2 it really, yeah well yeah yeah i mean for some people it, it, might, it varies <laughs> of course yeah, it definitely does definitely yeah. does i used to be the person that would always look for like the higher highest percentage like the 12 percent you know, and stuff like that. Just because in that one beer you normally get, it's kind of like a barley wine or whatever. Yeah. And you get a lot of flavor, but you also get a lot of alcohol. So you really only need one of them. <laughs> so it's just like, you, <laughs> so you get kind that's of very much, That's very much the mentality of the older generation in Iceland. It's like, yeah, what's the strongest thing you have? I'm going to get as much for my money as I yeah, possibly that's can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really just old on the inside <laughs> yeah. yeah you're like a 55 year old Icelandic male <laughs> my people <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the last one is is uh, now uh, for me this isn't this, this isn't the type of beer that I'd, I'd actually uh, I, I personally wouldn't have pick this beer yeah but but (laughs) saying uh as this is your favorite beer definitely definitely put it forward this is the only one that you well in icelandic terms you wouldn't class as craft because this is done by (laughs) ölkerin yeah uh and is um is two of the kind of factory factory breweries in iceland they're making about 11 million liters a year. Wow. But, but if you put that in U.S. terms, they're very much craft and they're very <laughs> much a microbrewery. Yeah. I mean, um, Sam Adams creates the roof of what what is classed as craft in, in the U.S. Okay. And as uh, Sam Adams <laughs> increases their yearly output... They raise the roof because they want to keep they want to keep um, Sam Adams with yeah. yeah they want to keep Sam Adams in there they're like the they're like the umbrella and everything underneath that is is classed as craft so I think they're up to six million barrels Ooh, a year okay. now <laughs> and for those of you who don't know a barrel uh, a beer barrel is is two hundred liters so so that's hundred and twenty million liters a year. Ten. No, that's more than that. You know, sorry. No, that it isn't. It's 120 million liters a year. So <laughs> 11 million liters from the Icelandic brewery is very, very much craft when it comes to U.S. Uh, standards. They also have a smaller microbrewery within their setup, which is called Bork. 
Mm, yeah, I've had Bork beers. I like yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, and Bork is basically the kind of craftier arm of, of Ölkerin. Mm. The guys up there are actually doing fantastic beers. Now, when it comes to Christmas beers, you probably won't get much more Christmassy than this in, mm. in Icelandic terms because malt is basically just malt extract. Yeah. It's a Tasty. sweet malt, malt extract, very, uh, uh, very dark. And malt uh, is, mm. is an Icelandic thing that we, we mix with like orange soda pop mm-hmm. to create this kind of Christmas drink. Mast Okapusin, yeah. Mast Okapusin, exactly. It's not. It's and, not uh, something that I personally like. I just like mast on its own, <laughs> to be honest. Okay, but you know, uh, mast is a mast is one of, is probably the only soda drink in Iceland that's actually uh, fermented. Mm. So what they do is they ferment it out. Uh, they start the fermentation and then they pasteurize it. So you get that slight fermentation flavor in it. Yeah, and then that whole lot of sweetness all of the residual sugars get left left over what they do with this one is they do exactly the same they just create a much thicker uh uh wort wort is basically the malt uh uh kind of uh the malty liquid that you get from mashing in beer Mm -hmm. so they create it much much higher let it ferment out until it comes to about five percent which is this one and then they stop it chill it down, pasteurize it. So it, it, there's a whole lot of residual sugars in there. So it has all of the sweetness of the malt, but with that alcohol kick. So I like it. <laughs> yes. So you, yeah, you mix that with some orange soda pop and you got a, a grown-up's malto apicine. Uh, <laughs> I think we just, just go with this. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a funny thing, because they, they used to yola um, Yeah. Which is basically... Uh, Slightly alcoholic malt with with a hint of hint of kind of some weird sweetness. I'm not exactly sure what they what they do with that. Yeah, that used to be uh, used to just go to the factory. This was like back in the 40s, 50s, up until the 80s. You'd go to the factory, you get that fermented but unpasteurized. Mm. So you take the jug that you went and got filled. You usually went and got a five liter jug of unpasteurized yolal. And you just left the jug. These were like plastic containers. And you just left them inside okay. in, the, in, the, in the warm living room. As soon as the yeast got up to 20, de- 20 degrees, it kicked in again. Oh. So it, it would start re- re-fermenting. And it would ferment out all of the residual sugars. And during the time when alcohol was illegal, mm-hmm. this was a way for people to actually kind of make their own beer because you get unpasteurized yolal to your to your house and this would then be fed to the entire family so if you went to your grandparents house like when i was growing up they'd always have like this big jug of uh, unpasteurized yolal in their living room and the jug a plastic jug which used to be like that had like turned into a ball pressure inside (laughs) So you have these round jugs <laughs> just kind of on the verge of exploding because yeah. of all of the fermentation happening inside. So they'd always just like remove some of the gas as it was fermenting, <laughs> opening it up. So when it comes when it came to Christmas time, you you'd be able to get your family drunk. Yeah, you had your own Christmas. 
Yeah. Alcohol from, drink, basically. From uh, from one for, for for people in the age of one to ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone drank that shit. Oh drank my that god. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, a lot of toddlers are getting wasted. It sounds like. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Terrible. I was thinking about what's wrong with the Icelandic people. Now, this is like dark, dark, dark brown, mm-hmm. verging on black. Uh, it's got that very, very familiar uh, nose to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just the... Yeah, Malt is something that's sold all year round, but um, during the Christmas time, sales just kind of go through the roof. Mm-hmm. And And this also has licorice in it. Which yeah. I am not the biggest licorice fan. Like, meaning I will eat it with marzipan and stuff like that, but I don't just like sit there and just throw licorice in my mouth. But with this, I don't, I don't know why, but there's something about it, like the, maybe the way it's been yeah. combined, that it's just for me is very tasty and and satisfying. Like I don't mind it. I guess you know. They use a um, apothecary licorice, so basically unsweetened. Mm, yeah. It's really nice. Like I'm surprised <laughs> that I would end up liking it like this. No, but it's it's kind of amazing how they how, how they're able to do this because this tastes exactly the same as the zero ABV version mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. There's almost no difference. Yeah, very easy to drink and very I don't know. It's still Christmasy to me, I guess, because this was the first Christmas beer I had. And I was like, whoa, I really like this. And it's like, well, maybe because it tastes like this one thing that like my, my moths that I can easily drink. But also, even though the color is really dark, it's not, you know, really um, heavy like a um, a Guinness or something. No, no, people no. People would, you know, associate with this color. But it's it's just it's much lighter. It's not, yeah. It's not bitter. It's not hoppy. Right. It's, just, it's just very sweet and... Uh... Yeah. Almost, I mean, yeah, I mean, but there's, there's almost nothing in this that kind of, yeah, it it is a fermented drink, but mm-hmm. it's almost not a beer. Yeah, yeah. In a sense, it's just it's a drink <laughs> that I happen to like, and so I appreciate you putting it on the list. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just. I mean, this is like for me, I feel like Christmas is officially kicked off, even though Advent has already started. But in my mind, whenever I have a Christmas beer, it's like, yes, it is on. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And you've and you finally started now, a month late. Better late than never. I yeah, mean, exactly. started to do it in like on January 5th or something, you know? So like, <laughs> well, Ole. No, yeah, I'm super happy that we got a chance to do this. I know things have been through, are so busy for you. And um, I just am glad that also you allowed me to have this one on the list, <laughs> even though it's not a craft brewery, according to Icelandic standards. Uh, but for me, anyone else who's wanting to try, if you're more into sweeter drinks and not like dessert sweet, but just on the sweeter side, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. then this one is for sure a good one. But the other beers that you talked about, I think are great. And I'm just uh, happy to bring this tradition to you know youtube and to the podcast and so i really appreciate you coming on to share your knowledge and a little bit about icelandic christmas beer no problem awesome thank you very much thank you